0: Part two, Chapter 27, of The Patrician by John Galsworthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Simon Evers. Part two, chapter 27. Barbara, returning from her visit to Courtier's deserted rooms, was met at Valley's House with the message Would she please go at once to Lady Casterly? When, in obedience, she reached Ravensham, she found her grandmother and Lord Dennis in the white room. They were standing by one of the tall windows, apparently contemplating the view. They turned, indeed, at sound of Barbara's approach, but neither of them spoke or nodded. Not having seen her grandfather since before Milton's illness, Barbara found it strange to be so treated. She, too, took her stand silently before the window. A very large wasp was crawling up the pane, then slipping down with a faint buzz. Suddenly Lady Castley spoke. "'Kill that thing!' Lord Dennis drew forth his handkerchief. Not with that, Dennis. It will make a mess. Take a paper knife. I was going to put it out, murmured Lord Dennis. Let Barbara with her gloves. Barbara moved towards the pane. It's a hornet, I think, she said. So he is, said Lord Dennis, dreamily. Nonsense, murmured Lady Castley. It's a common wasp. I know it's a hornet, Granny. The rings are darker. Lady Castley bent down. When she raised herself, she had a slipper in her hand. "'Don't irritate him!' cried Barbara, catching her wrist. But Lady Castley freed her hand. "'I will!' she said, and brought the sole of the slipper down on the insect, so that it dropped on the floor, dead. "'He has no business in here!' And as if that little incident had happened to to three other people, they again stood silently looking through the window. Then Lady Castley turned to Barbara. "'Well?' "'Have you realised the mischief that you've done?' "'Anne,' murmured Lord Dennis. "'Yes, yes, she is your favourite, but that won't save her. "'This woman, to her great credit, I say, to her great credit, "'has gone away, so as to put herself out of Eustace's reach "'until he has recovered his senses.' "'A sharp-drawn breath, Barbara said, "'Oh, poor thing!' "'On Lady Castley's face had come an almost cruel look. "'Ah,' she said, "'exactly.' "'But curiously enough, I am th- thinking of Eustace.' The little figure was quivering from head to foot. "'This will be a lesson to you not to play with fire.' Anne murmured Lord Dennis again, "'slipping his arm through Barbara's. "'The world,' went on Lady Casterly, "'is a place of facts, not of romantic fancies. "'You've done more harm than can possibly be repaired. "'I went to her myself. "'I was very much moved. "'It hadn't been for your foolish conduct.' Anne, said Lord Dennis once more. Lady Castley paused, tapping the floor with her little foot. Barbara's eyes were gleaming. Is there anything else you would like to squash, dear? Perhaps, murmured Lord Dennis, but unconsciously pressing his hand against her heart, the girl went on. You are lucky to be abusing me today. If it had been yesterday... These dark words, Lady Castley turned away, her shoes leaving little dull stains on the polished floor. Barbara raised to her cheek the fingers which she had been so convulsively embracing. Don't let her go on, uncle, she whispered. Not just now. No, no, my dear, Paul Dennis murmured. Certainly not. It's enough. It has been your sentimental folly, came Lady de Castley's voice from a far corner, which has brought this on the boy. Responding to the pressure of the hand, back now at her waist, Barbara did not answer, and the sound of the little feet retracing their steps rose in the stillness. Neither of those two at the window turned their heads. Once more the feet receded, and again began coming back. Suddenly Barbara, pointing to the floor, cried, "'Oh, Granny, for heaven's sake, stand still! Haven't you squashed the hornet enough, even if he did come in here when he hasn't any business?' Lady Cassidy looked down at the debris of the insect. Disgusting, she said. But when she next spoke, it was in a less hard, more querulous voice. That man, what what was his name? Have you got rid of him? Barbara went crimson. Abuse my friends, and I will go straight home and never speak to you again. For a moment, Lady Cassidy looked almost as if she might strike her granddaughter. Then a little sardonic smile broke out on her face. A creditable sentiment," she said, letting fall her uncle's hand. Barbara cried, "In any case, I'd better go. I don't know why you sent for me." Lady Castley answered coldly, "To let you and your mother know of this woman's most unselfish behaviour, to put you on the qui vive for what Eustace may do now, to give you a chance to make up for your folly, moreover to warn you against." She paused. Yes. Uh, let me. "'interrupted Lord Dennis. "'No, Uncle Dennis, let Granny take her shoe.' had withdrawn against the wall, tall and, as it were, formidable, with her head up. "'Lady Casterly remained silent. "'Have you got it ready?' cried Barbara. "'Unfortunately, he's flown.' "'The voice said, "'Lord Milton.' he came come in quietly and quickly, preceding the announcement, "'and stood almost touching that little group at the window before they caught sight of him. His face had the rather ghastly look of sunburnt faces from which emotion has driven the blood, and his eyes, always so much the most living part of him, were full of such stabbing anger that involuntarily they all looked down. "'I want to speak to you alone,' he said to Lady Casterly. Visibly, for perhaps the first time in her life, that indomitable little figure flinched. Lord Dennis drew Barbara away. But at the door, he whispered, Stay here quietly, perhaps. I I, I don't like the look of this. Unnoticed, Barbara remained hovering. The two voices, low and so far off in the long white room, were uncannily distinct, emotion charging each word with preternatural power of penetration. And every movement of the speaker's had, to the girl's excited eyes a weird precision, as of little figures she had once seen at a Paris puppet show. You could hear Milton reproaching his grandmother in words terribly dry and bitter. She edged nearer and nearer, till seeing that they paid no more heed to her than if she were an attendant statue, she had regained her position by the window. Lady Castley was speaking. "'I was not going to see you ruined before my eyes, Eustace. I did what I did at very great cost. I, I did my best for you.' Barbara saw Milton's face transfigured by a dreadful smile, the smile of one defying his torture and with hate. Lady Castley went on. Yes, you stand there looking like a devil. Hate me if you like, but don't betray us moaning and moping because you can't have the moon. Put on your armour and go down into battle. Don't play the coward, boy. Milton's answer cut like the lash of a whip. By God, be silent. Weirdly, there was silence. It was not the brutality of the words, but the science of force, suddenly naked of all disguise, like a fierce dog let for a moment off its chain, which made Barbara utter a little dismayed sound. Lady Castley had dropped into a chair, trembling. Without a look, Milton passed her. If their grandmother had fallen dead, Barbara knew he would not have stopped to see. She ran forward, but the old woman waved her away. Go after him, she said. Don't let him go alone. And, infected by the fear in that wizened voice, Barbara flew. She caught her brother as he was entering the taxicab in which he had come, and without a word slipped in beside him. The driver's face appeared at the window, but Milton only motioned with his head as if to say, Anywhere, away from here. The thought flashed through Barbara. If only I could keep him in here with me leaned out and said quietly, to Nettlefold in Sussex, never mind your petrol, get more on the world. You can have what fare you like. Quick. The man hesitated, looked in her face and said, oh, Very well, miss. Uh, by talking, ain't it? Barbara nodded. End of Part 2 Chapter 27